When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. There is no way in hell I'm picking the Minnesota Vikings as long as Kirk Cousins is their quarterback over Aaron Rodgers. I'm not doing it. You may be right. I got you because Dalvin Cook can ball. Jefferson's a stud. Their defense has vastly improved. The new coach, Kevin O'Connell, seems to be the right man for the job. Certainly a welcome change from Zimmerman because obviously he, not that he couldn't coach and didn't know what he was doing, but he didn't seem to galvanize the troops to rally behind him and to give him max effort. Um, I think that Coach O'Connell's a different animal, and I welcome that and I appreciate that. But I got to see Kirk Cousins be better than Aaron Rodgers. That's awfully negative. I love Stephen, Steve, a. Stephen a. Smith. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, where was Cousins? Did Mad Dog jump in there and uh, I am not scream sure. at the top of his lungs? No. Oh, okay. God. Well, we're going to get into Kirk Cousins here as part of our state of the offense discussion and a bunch of other things surrounding the Vikings offense here on Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. You can find this show every single day on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, Apple, Spotify. And uh, it's been a while since we've thrown this out. If you could give us a five-star review and a positive rating on, uh, or I guess it'd be five-star rating, positive review on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to this show, it helps us spread the word about Purple Daily, and uh, click the subscribe button on the YouTube channel as well. Helps us there, too. The show is presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs, delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. And our friends at Surly Brewing Company, we have a wonderful event. You guys are going to be hosting a Vikings watch party Mm -hmm. this weekend, Sunday against the Dolphins, and a live Vikings Vat lineup. So I will say this before I turn to Judd. The VIP table, uh-huh. you're going to get pizza, you're going to get Before I Die beer, you're going to get T-shirts, and you may even get a special uh, appearance on Judd's halftime TikTok, if you're lucky, at that VIP table. You can register through the Score North app. Mm-hmm. Very yep. very much looking forward to this on Sunday. Yes, and, and c- come out and enjoy Before I Die's, Furious's, um Logic Bombs, Dex, your favorite beer? The Warp Zone. The Warp Zone. And tap Room exclusive. Exactly. That's the thing is, in the Tap Room, 
You can find beers exclusively there, nowhere else. This is the complete Surly experience uh, coupled with uh, folks from the PD family. We are going to gather. We're going to talk Vikings. We're going to talk football. We are hopefully going to watch a win over the Dolphins. And then postgame event line at which we, we will have uh, cameras and mics on site. So if things go well, if things go bad, you can chime in from Surly as well. Look forward to seeing you at all. Kicks off at noon on Sunday at Surly Brewing. Fun fact, it's a little colder, cooler in the Twin Cities. So I, I, I brought out a jacket out of my closet and I haven't worn the jacket that I wore today since our draft party at Surly Brew Hall. And I reached in my pocket and I found a pair of gloves. And it was the pair of gloves uh, that when I was dropping hot takes at the draft party that almost caught on fire because the space heater almost uh, burned burned my uh, gloves together. So... Uh, it's Wait, a you little had a warmer. space heater on your side of the table? Yes, I was warm. You I was toasty. Of... Yeah, I had a space heater. I was great. Did Dave, you tell me I, I couldn't feel my legs by the yeah. end of the draft party. <laughs> but it was a great time, and this will be yeah, a great time. I'm and dead. that's all I want to convey. Yes. See you on Sunday. Let's do yes, it. Yes, absolutely. All right, boys, let's get into the state of the offense. We'll get into a random Viking of the week later on here. So uh, we, I think we've kind of come up with a formula for this and that we're going to start with the overall landscape, where the Vikings sit among their NFL uh, peers, and then some Kirk Cousins stuff here because it's always of interest, and then a few other categories. So let's start with the overall landscape of where the Vikings sit offensively. Yards per play, they are 16th in the league right now after five games. Points per game, they are 12th. Expected points added, which is more of a deep dive, analytical, um, contextualized ranking. They are ninth in expected points added. And in terms of football outsiders DVOA, which is another analytical benchmark, they are 11th. Mm-hmm. So the analytical benchmarks have them kind of right in that top 10 mix. So they're saying that their process will lead to better results at some point, which we've kind of seen. And we'll get into what they've looked like the last three weeks. Kirk Cousins specifically, where does he rank in some key categories? Passer rating, he is 17th. QBR, he is 15th. Expected points added, he is 15th. Yards per attempt, he's 24th. Completion percentage, he's up to 11th. Football Outsiders has him as the 16th-ranked quarterback, and PFF has him as the 11th-ranked quarterback. So he's moving up after that great performance, largely against the Bears. But let's get into the first category here, because you heard Stephen A. Smith slandering the fourth-quarter Pharaoh yeah. at the top of the show. Don't trust him. Just absolutely dragging the reputation of the secondary slayer of Kirky McClutcherton through the mud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Kirk since the beginning of last season, the, the, this category is called clutch. Since the beginning of last season, Kirk Cousins has six official fourth quarter comebacks. No quarterback in the NFL has more. There are three that have six in addition to Kirk. Justin Herbert has six. Matt Ryan actually has six. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger had six last year alone somehow. Rallying the troops. Almost saw one against the Vikings. Yes. Yeah, we did. You're right. (laughs) Just waking up like the Undertaker in the fourth quarter for the Steelers last year. So he has more fourth quarter comebacks than any quarterback in the NFL. Mm -hmm. In the previous four seasons before that, he tallied only four total fourth quarter comebacks. Yes. So I guess my main point here with this category is, he is getting a much better feel for how to operate in these late situations. There's even a couple that he didn't get because the defense gave it back or the kicker missed one last year, which happens. Like, that happens to every quarterback. So 
he's getting the hang of this late game chess match mm-hmm. at age 34, which is very interesting. Not to take away anything from the comebacks that he orchestrated in 2021, but this feels much more solidified. This feels because there is a relationship between coach and QB here because, you know, in retrospect, so much of what Kirk did with, with Mike here seemed to be in spite of Zim uh, or overcoming problems. Right. Um, Like, like I will always say this last year was a joyless exhibition in football. It was just not fun to watch. And, and at times the Vikings played okay, but it was still not fun. This feels fun. This feels that this is, I, I really think that this is now the ideal, like when we've talked about Kirk and what you're going to get and can he be clutch and can he win? So again, forget about statistics, but can he do the things necessary to win games? Um, he never had, and he needs it, the infrastructure in place. And I'm not talking about players. I'm talking about support system and coaching um, and scheme. He never had that, in my opinion, in place until now. And we're seeing, to me, exactly what at least you wanted, right? You, we're seeing the Vikings have done a lot of things in the past three games, and I think especially the Bears game for sure and Detroit for sure, that were uh, destructive, that weren't good. But when Kirk got the ball on his fourth quarter game winning drives, he did a really good job. It wasn't fluky. It it didn't seem panicked. Um, That Bears drive was what? 17 plays? Yeah. Okay. When when you run a 17-play drive, everybody... From the quarterback to the coach, everybody is doing something right. Like, like you can't, and I don't care that the Bears stink. That is a huge, huge drive at which a lot can go wrong. And instead, Kirky was completing third downs passes. Kirky was getting third downs consistently. So I give a ton of credit to O'Connell and to Kirk for finding at least an area where they can succeed in winning football games, not being worried, obviously, about posting statistics. I feel like there is almost a little bit of a gotcha moment from uh, some of our Kirk stands when Kirk threw that pick in the series before. Like, see, Score North wanted Kirk Cousins to make those kind of throws, and look what happened. Now it's going to ruin us the game. What does Kirk Cousins do on the very next drive? He orchestrates a 17-play, seven-minute drive, doesn't let that pick derail him. The old Kirk... Might throw that bad pass, and then it just spirals more and more and more and more out of control after that. Instead, he threw the pick, and guess what? He still was able to overcome it and help his team win the game. There was nothing, and yes, was it a bad throw? Of course it was a bad throw. But that type of throw, he should be still be trying to make when he can, and then don't let it ruin you. And he was able to come back out in the next series and dagger the team, and he didn't let that interception ruin the game. Also, that's such a, I mean, we're probably talking about like, you know, 0.5% of people on Twitter that make it seem like there's more of these unreasonable uh, Cousins Crusaders out there, which I'm guilty of. But they run a lot of that same concept where you've got, however it's happening, usually it's like a receiver coming across or it could be a tight end. But you've got two receivers coming across from left to right. And one of them is maybe five or ten yards further up the field, and then there's an underneath route that's like, you know, five yards off the line of scrimmage. And uh, the interception that he threw in that game, the underneath route was wide open because as he was throwing the ball, before he was throwing the ball, the cornerback broke off from the underneath route to go cover, I think it was Thielen, I can't remember who he was targeting, or Irv, whoever it was on the second level. 
Uh, it was just a bad. It was a bad read. It wasn't. Oh, he's taking a risk. You know, he literally just he misread what the cornerback was doing on that play. And guess what? It happens. Yeah. Right. He's also dice. He's sort of deciphering this system as it goes about. It's not about punishing him for mistakes. It's about finding a way to overcome the bad things that inevitably will happen in a football game. And to his credit, again, this year with Kevin O'Connell, and we saw signs of it last year with the weird offensive setup of Mike Zimmer never going to meetings and Kubiak's kid in charge, he is getting a better feel for digging through the muck late in a game than at any point in his career. He is a different quarterback in those situations the last year and change than he was the first handful of years with the Vikings and the couple of years before that in Washington. I can't prove this, um, and you, you would have to have inside knowledge of the Vikings' offensive meetings and things like that, but I will say this. It's almost like the Week 2 game helped them and helped him. And now, now, don't get me wrong. Eagles are really good, okay? But, you know, there were plays there where Kirk threw picks that were not his fault. Jefferson's bad route being example one. Uh, I still think that the ball to Jefferson in the end zone was supposed to go to the back. It didn't. It was a really bad pass. Uh, And Kirk did seem flustered after that to me. But, you know, I wonder if that was a moment where O'Connell could then go to Kirk and say, dude, calm down. It's going to be fine. I still want you to do things. Like, we, we will go through what went wrong there. I'm not condoning that pick. But, you know, the whole thing of the world is going to dump on you. The You know, the coach is going to give you the stink eye has changed. And it almost seems like after that game, Kirk became, if this is correct, a bit more freer of, okay, here, the consequences now, very different than they have yeah. been since 2018. And I don't feel like we've seen that Kirk since then. Well, do you remember? I'm going I'm to verify this because in the world of uh, the internet, you can't just throw stuff out there and uh, <laughs> and and lie about something. Do you remember in 2020 when he had that game against the Falcons where he just imploded yep. at home first, and he, he threw a pick on the first play yes. of the game and it was just a total train wreck. Yes, he threw three interceptions. They got smoked by a mediocre Falcons team. Do you remember what the coaches respond? And that was going into a bye, by the way. So they had two weeks to sort of stew on it. Mm-hmm. The next two games, the reaction by Mike Zimmer and the coaching staff was, well, we don't trust you anymore. So they came out the next two weeks, and they won the games the next two weeks doing this, and they said, you're going to throw only 14 passes against the Packers out of the bye, and then you're going to throw only 20 passes against the Lions. We don't trust you anymore after you threw three interceptions against the, the Falcons. Right. And and that and you know and he and he played well within the confines of his his shackled uh, you know structure those two weeks and then later on they opened up he then got back to throwing like forty passes and stuff and they they trusted him again but I'm sure there was part of him that was thinking oh man well I just threw a bunch of picks against the Eagles probably gonna run the ball forty times because they don't trust me this next week and Kevin O'Connell's like no dude yep exactly it's all good man exactly. We're gonna we're gonna run the same thing. We it's okay. Yes. We're, we're gonna keep throwing passes because that's the way that we're gonna score thirty points. You know. So uh, one more nugget in this category. Also, since the beginning of last season, the Vikings have won nine games in which they trailed at some point, which is the second most such games of any team in the NFL. Only the Packers have won more games. When and now that could be trailing three nothing to start the game, or it could be trailing by twenty. But 
Uh, the Vikings have won the second most games in which they have trailed since the beginning of last year. So they're getting they're getting pretty good at this, which is a the good clutch quality. gene. That's interesting. Yep. Okay, next category here: state of the offense. Hmm. Let's talk about the last three weeks specifically. You know, you're ramping this thing up. It's a new offensive system. It wasn't going to come out of the gate looking the way that it was supposed to look. We all kind of knew that. The starters didn't play in the preseason. Uh, the first half of the first game was like, whoa, this looks very honed. What have you guys been doing all offseason? And then the second half against the Packers, it faded. And then the Eagles had some film, and it faded. But the last three weeks, the Vikings offense is averaging 28.3 points per game, which, if that was their average for the whole season, would rank third in the NFL in scoring offense. Mm-hmm. The Vikings offense also ranks number one in the NFL. Number one in the NFL the last three weeks in success rate. I'm going to explain that. It's kind of a deep dive here. So success rate in the NFL is if you gain 40% of your yards to go on first down, 60% of your yards to gain on second down, and converting third and fourth down. So the goal is can you move chunk forward so you're not in third and 12 so you're not in second and nine did you get 40 percent 60 percent or on third down 100 percent and the vikings have the number one offensive success rate of any team in the league in the last three weeks uh largely declan pointed this out last week largely because of how great they are on first down too they just they they they're a really good first down offense but they were like 12 of 15 on third down against the bears last week yes so some interesting Positive trends the last three weeks with this Vikings offense. Coming out on first down, too. And, I mean, how long did we all, rightfully so, complain about it? Zimmer's Vikings, right? Give the ball to Dalvin. Dalvin Cook lost a yard. All right. Now it's second and 11. What are we going to do? We're going to run again. Um, The fact that they have embraced the opportunity, and this sounds so stupid because it's so simple and silly, but... The fact they have embraced the opportunity on first down to use that down for for good, for a variety of good things, um, doesn't seem like it should be tough. But after what we've watched for, I don't know, the last two, three, four years, uh, it is refreshing to see second and five, right? It's so refreshing to see second and, and three. And I love the fact that against the Bears, and O'Connell's done this a couple times now, in the last, I think, three weeks. They come out and they're like, where is 18? Where is Jefferson? Because we're going to pounce on the opportunities provided. We're not going to slow cook this. We're not going to to wait. And the way that they came out against Chicago on Sunday, I absolutely loved. And it enhances that stat. But you know what? This is what you expect from an offensive football mind in 2022. This is exactly what you expect. This is what I think on this show for the last two years, we were begging for, as Phil, you documented, well, it's third and 13. What's the plan? There's mm-hmm. nothing in your your script for third and 13. Yeah. Good luck. It is. It's And it's some of it's lack of penalties, too. They had a few more against the Bears. They actually took their first false start penalties. Uh, no, I take that back. They took their first offensive holding penalties of the season against the Bears in that game. They went the first month without an offensive I think one was my holding. guy month, though, right? It was two tight end. Irv Smith had one. Munt had one. Yep. And then I think one of the offensive linemen finally had okay. one in the second. That's half. still pretty good though. One. Oh yeah. By the line. One. That. One by an offensive lineman. lineman I that's think, damn good. Through five games. So a lot of a lot more clutchness recently. 
the offense in general has been pretty great relative to the rest of the league the last three weeks. Yep. I've got some offensive line stuff here that's going to blow some people's minds as well, but let's shout out our friends over at Nutrisource, the official dog food of Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. Maya Mackie, kind of a bad girl this morning. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No. Woke us up at like 525. Oh, my and dog's doing is it is it the moon? Uh, it must be no. the moon. Or no? Is it the Nutrisource yes. chicken and rice? <laughs> yes, it is. You know what? Too that's not a bad dog. She's a great dog, and she's a smart dog. I my wake up call came at six fifteen. Six fifteen. I looked up, and there, there is that girl, that beautiful girl, Stella. Just waiting, <laughs> pawing. Daddy, I need to go outside, and then I need my Nutrisource breakfast, and I need it now. Those aren't bad dogs. Those are good dogs. And you know what, Phil? They're smart dogs. They know Nutrisource is the key to health, digestive success, and most of all, to getting their parents out of bed and moving. Love it. So NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a retailer near you. Nutrisource Pet Foods. Dot com. Also, a shout out and thank you to our friends at Underdog who just extended with Purple Daily. Thanks to you guys for having a blast with us on Underdog Fantasy. Yes, Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. Uh, boys, we got a stinker of a Thursday night football game this evening. So when you have a bad Thursday night football matchup, the best thing you can do is let's just embrace the ugliest. Okay, so let's take Justin Fields and Carson Wentz to each throw an interception. Okay, the, the, the over-under is .5 on both on the throw pick. I feel very comfortable about Carson Wentz. Justin Fields, I, I don't know. He might take off more, so he might be a little more conservative. But let's embrace bad football, okay? So let's go with overs on interceptions for Justin Fields and Carson Wentz. And if you uh, think these picks won't happen, you can fade me. That might be the best thing to do sometimes in underdog fantasy. Join with promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. It's in the link in the YouTube description. Join Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. All right, state of the offense continues here. The next category is just called franchise left tackle. Hmm. Yeah. Christian Derrissaw is currently, according to Pro Football Focus, the third best offensive tackle in the National Football League. Left and yeah. right combined. Remarkable. I think I think the top three are all left tackles, but he is ranked third among 76 qualified offensive tackles in PFF grade. He has allowed only seven pressures in five games so far this year. Zero sacks allowed mm-hmm. by Christian Derrissaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you guys buying this as a trend? Yeah. Uh, you know, when he had that, you know, core muscle surgery or whatever it was and missed the first 10 games with basically placed in the doghouse, it was, oh, God, did we mess up another pick? Did Spielman screw things up again? Why is Zimmer blaming him? But then once he stepped in, you saw, like, oh, no, this guy's legitimately one of the best tackles in the game. It makes your life as a football fan and obviously as the Vikings offense a lot easier when your two biggest pillars on the left and right side are established. Now, I'm not trying to say the guards don't matter, but at the same time, uh, when the interior of those guards, uh, now can play better because the pillar of those tackles are there. Man, it makes life a hell of a lot easier, and Christian Derrissaw has been a beast. All right, so this is an incredibly intriguing um, uh, thing as well. So Spielman had the 14th pick in the 2021 draft. He trades it to the Jets because he wants to get two additional third-round picks. And then he drops back to, if I'm not mistaken, 23. So those two third-round picks are Kellen Mond, Wyatt Davis, 
But but then then the Jets take, if I'm not mistaken, Elijah Vera Tucker. And we're all like, well, hold on, Rick, you passed up. And Christian Derrissaw has proven to be phenomenal. And I hesitate to get to get too excited because Khalil's first year was fantastic. And I thought, oh, my God, the Vikings have their 10 year answer at at left tackle. And then he got hurt and things went wrong. And that that uh that came to an end way too quickly. That being said, though, Christian Derrissaw, the more that you watch him, and especially the clips of film, right now is dominant. Like, he's pancaking, guys. Mm-hmm. He oh. is absolutely dominant. Um, it looks real. That's What I'll say for now is it looks real. It looks sustainable. It doesn't look fluky. And Dex is right. If you find your left tackle, and hell, if you've got your tackles solidified, your life, offensive line construction-wise, becomes so much easier. Absolutely. So this is there's a, a write-up this morning, actually, in The Athletic about Christian Derrissaw talking to his old high school coach and family. I believe these are current quotes from Rick Spielman in this article, too, that just talked about kind of what they saw in the draft process. But I'm going to read you just a couple snippets here. So uh, a college coach once showed up at Christian Derrissaw's high school to recruit a different player and while he was there, though, he told Derisaw that he was too small to play on the offensive line for an FBS school because Derisaw was actually a tight end. He was kind of a, a bigger, more plotting tight end in the early stages of high school. Sure. And one of his coaches said, well, you can either be like a just kind of a meh tight end or you can be a nimble, quick offensive lineman if you put some weight on. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the glory of a tight end, but it might wind up being something you could pursue beyond high school and maybe beyond that. And so. Uh, after that encounter with the college coach that said, yeah, dude, you're too small to play offensive line for an FBS school, Derrissaw became fixated on lifting weights even when he was away from his teammates and the coaches and his attentiveness to what he ate. So he just became personally obsessed with just becoming an FBS offensive lineman. He transformed from a tall, skinny kid into a big-bodied man the size of a refrigerator. In Derrissaw's case, however, he was a refrigerator that could change directions. That's a great description. <laughs> that could sink down into his hips. Football. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That could do everything you'd want from the man whose primary job it is to protect the quarterback. This wasn't a coincidence. Derisaw researched the Washington metropolitan area on his own to find a coach to help with his footwork as well. So from an early age, he was just obsessed with becoming a beast <laughs> offensive lineman. Yep. Yep. And I think part of the problem uh, beyond him being hurt when he got here is I think he's sort of a quiet guy. And so, like, it's hard to tell then. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when I watch him now, it is it is impressive. And and this team for a long time has tried to find a permanent solution at that position. And it certainly looks like, knock on wood, that they have this time around. Yeah, and the I get your Khalil angst, but to me that was more injury related and chronic yeah. knee problem related than like a performance bust. He wasn't a bust. His first year that. he was he fantastic. His first year was he, he a was pro a pro bowler. Bo- his first year he got yeah. picked as an alternate. Somebody bowed out, but he, was he went and he was yeah he, he was, was very good. good. I'm just saying, health provided, this guy looks like he could be legit for a long time, and he'll get paid eventually too. Well, let's take it over to the Vikings offensive line as a whole here for the next category. And I think I think the category can just be called uh, they're back for the first time in, I don't know, 10 years. So the Vikings offensive line, 
by multiple measurements, has been very, very good this year. So according to Pro Football Focus, they are fourth in run blocking, 14th in pass protection, which is above average and certainly better than we've seen in recent years. But according to ESPN, which has a stat called pass block and run block win rate. So pass block win rate is, as a unit, did you do your job for two and a half seconds? Mm-hmm. That's 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 the goal as an offensive line. Did you give the quarterback two and a half seconds to throw a football? And according to ESPN, the Vikings are sixth in pass block win rate and seventh in run block win rate. Individual ranks, according to Pro Football Focus, Derisaw is the third best tackle out of 76. O'Neal is the 14th best tackle out of 76. Brian O'Neal. Ezra Cleveland is the 11th best guard. Yep. Ed Ingram, even though he's kind of struggled at times, especially in pass pro, is still like right in the middle. He's been an average guard, 35th out of, I believe, 75. <laughs> and you'll take that. Yep. And Garrett Bradbury is the shock of all shockers. He, out of, I believe, 36 qualified centers, is ninth, according to Pro Football Focus. That's incredible. So here's my question, too, and and this would be a deep football dive. I'm talking into the just the meat and potatoes of football. I would love to have a tutorial on what they've changed schematically, because there's no question. Because we all said the current Garrett Bradbury doesn't work. And this hadn't worked as a first round pick for three years, correct? 1920, mm-hmm. 21. So they have, there is no question that it's either a position coach thing, an O'Connell position coach thing. They have done, they have made alterations to make some of these guys, I think, the interior more successful. And credit to so, them for that. I'm I'm not qualified to answer that question, but I know a guy who I is. I know you do, and you will be talking to him. His name is Alex Boone. You guys are welcome to jump on. We record on like late Monday nights. You guys are definitely welcome to jump on uh, over a, a surly at some point. People have been asking. These are great. Can we get the band together like once a month? So we'd love to yeah, get Boone you guys I, on with I us. I mean, there's friction now. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. problems. You can call me words if I actually join. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look who it is. It's this yeah. guy. You've decided where the bleep have yeah. you been, and then you got to take out the F-bomb yeah. he drops. But anyway, that's, to I, me, I think, that's what, I think what he would say is thing. that, when you've got tackles that can do their job without help, it allows you, whether it's sending a tight end out on a route instead of having to help, or the interior guys can focus on interior pressure more if you don't have a tackle on an island that can't handle it, right? Yep. So that's my unqualified answer. <laughs> and also like going through some of the, the film with Boone, too. But it's a great question for him to break down on one of these trenches episodes at some point. Second question. Do you have available Kirk's, uh, how quickly Kirk is delivering the football now compared to like last year? Because I'd, I'd be curious about that. I got to think that the quarterback is at least helping out. Those stats are really tough because it's it, it's not just, you can't just say that the offensive line is giving the quarterback this much time and he is throwing the ball at the exact time the offensive line breaks down. Some of it's like if they scheme shorter passes. Yeah, then it's really scheme and Kirk helping the offensive right, line. Right, that's what I'm curious about. Around. Exactly, exactly. So while I look this up, uh, I'm going to play "Ode to Joy" while you wave a fake flag celebrating the Vikings' offensive line. That's right. I don't have the flag. I am in studio today because I have to go to a lunch with Declan, and everyone out there knows how I feel about having to meet. I hate it, but I'll do it because I'm getting free Panera. That's my so. 
There you go. Okay, average. Thank you. Average time to throw so far this season. And again, this is this is so hard to like put into a contextual box here. But he is Kirk is fifteenth in average time to throw. He's right smack dab in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, when he is given. 2.5 seconds or more to throw, which may, might be the more telling thing, that okay. when he is given 2.5 seconds or more to throw, mm-hmm. he has the sixth highest PFF grade of any quarterback mm-hmm. behind Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Shocking that Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady would be at the top of this list. Guess who's third? Josh Allen. So you give the best, most talented quarterbacks two and a half seconds I would have never throw, guessed or, this. Or they create their own time in some cases. Right. And they dissect defenses. The two sleepers in here, though, are Geno Smith. Also, in that when you give Geno Smith time to throw, he's actually pretty damn good. What has happened and there? J- and Jalen Hurts. Sorry. What has happened there? Geno Smith. Like this. You don't is- apologize. Well, I interrupted, but the Geno Smith thing, like it's incredible. Well, he was a first round talent. He's know, always but- had an arm. He lit up college football. Is it? Here's here's my question. Is it possible? That we just give up on quarterbacks yeah. so early now that, oh, sorry, you're not a Hall of Famer after a year and a half. You're gone, yeah. right? You're not wrong. Or you get into the Jets system the Jets. or some crappy team, right. right? Yeah, that's true. Yep. You you get picked by a bad team, mm-hmm. and they, they think, oh, my God, this guy is our savior, and their infrastructure is terrible, and you fail, and then they bench your ass. And then you eventually end up on a good team's practice squad and don't get a chance to play. Yeah, I just I think the the change of Geno Smith, who I thought, okay, you know, backup type of guy, he'll be sufficient but not great, and he's been fantastic. Yeah, it's kind of fun to watch, and it kind of throws a wrench into your organizational plans if he keeps playing this way. I mean, he is 32 now, so if he was like 28, you'd be like, oh, my God, right. is, he, is he our guy? Right. But maybe at 32, he also ran a 4-5 coming out of college. He's he's probably not that fast now, 10 years later. But, um, yeah, it's kind of kind of amazing. Well, are you guys ready to dive into the random Viking of uh-huh. the week here? Am I ever? Judd's well, I domain. My, I got to get my notepad out so I can write down all the clues. I forgot my main notepad at home. So Declan is going to be... Well, here's the pitcher here on this episode of Random Viking of the Week. All right. It'll be uh, Judd versus myself. It's Declan and myself as a team against yeah. Judd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judd leads 37 to 19. Need to get the Although I think we should have separate stats for when Declan and I tagged up, too, just to put more pressure on Judd. We can come sure. up with those at some point. Yep. Uh, but Judd has a two-week winning streak, correctly guessing Kelly Holcomb and Greg Camarillo beating me at the buzzer on that yes. one. Yes. I pull- the first few, if we go way back... Way back, the first five random Vikings ever over a year ago were Tavares Jackson, Kelly Campbell, Leroy Horde, Jerome Felton, and Hussein Abdullah. Hussein Abdullah. Some great names in here. So Declan's going to throw out a series of clues one by one. We get up to three incorrect guesses each, and then we're eliminated. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, And we can ask Declan questions, too. He can decide if he wants to answer them or not. That is true. All right. All right. Let's do this. No Googling. This random Viking of the Week was a second-round draft pick. This random Viking of the Week logged 119 
NFL games. This random Viking of the week had two touchdowns in his career. 119 games, two touchdowns. Go ahead. EJ EJ Henderson? I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to be aggressive. Mm. I don't think he was a second-round pick, was he? Can I Google whether he was a second-round pick? No. I'll do it for Just, you. No, let's let's keep okay. this. I, no, no, no. No, uh-uh. Can't be doing that. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. E.J. Henderson was a second-round pick, Mackie. You are uh-huh. right. Okay, you were right. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. That, That's no. right. How many games did he play? I don't have that in front of me, Judd. Yeah, um, yeah let's let's stay on track, Phil. <laughs> I feel like it's E.J. Henderson, and Declan's wrong. <laughs> wow. Wow. This random Viking of the week never really lived up to his contract with the Vikings. It's a, it's a contract, in my opinion, that we don't really talk about enough. Yeah. Okay, so he was not drafted by the Vikings? Is that what you're saying? That is correct. He was okay. not drafted by the Vikings. And he didn't live up to his contract. This random Viking of the week made the playoffs with three different teams. Three different teams. Three teams playoffs. Mm-hmm. Played in six playoff games and made the playoffs with three different franchises. Okay, hold on. <sighs> this random Viking of the Week played for these. NFL coaches. Mike Shanahan. Brad Childress. Leslie Frazier. Marvin Lewis. Okay, hold on. Um, Medea Williams. Oh! Dang! Wow! Dang. Oh! Man, I thought, I thought Judd, this would be right in Judd's wheelhouse. Let's go. I was, you know Very what? The, Mar- Solgat, the, let's go. the Marvin Lewis one. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> the next clue, I was going to say he was the Walter Payton man of the year. He didn't live up to his uh, contract with the Vikings because he was almost paralyzed in training camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, was uh, <laughs> he was never um, the same. He was literally in a neck brace like he couldn't move his head for a month. Yeah, he signed a six-year, $33 million contract uh, with the Vikings going into yeah. that. Yeah, he was a big season. signing at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. He got hurt in, in Mankato at that first camp, and I, I was told after the fact that it was damn near close to him being paralyzed. I actually did not know oh. that. Yeah, it was real bad. Mm. It was real bad. In fact, the well. guy who to- told me that off the record at the time, none other than Darren Sharper. Oh. oh really? Yep. Yep. Who I was, of course, uh, who was, of course, uh, very media friendly, and I thought, man, what a great guy! And uh, boy, was I wrong. Yeah, I had his football st- jersey I st- too. I still think a, a podcast on Score North called "One Phone Call a Week." One phone call would be a, a week. good one, with Darren Sharper. <laughs> one phone call. A week. Oh boy! Welcome oh, to boy. Behind Bars. <laughs> yeah, that's. 
Well, congratulations Dick. to Declan and Ni- me. Nice work, Phil. Nice work. I should have gotten Judd that. Here. I, I, I should have gotten that. Now I'm I'm going to take this uh, loss hard all day long. Mm. That's okay. You yeah, can uh, sure. maybe you can get back into your routine of uh, of of clean eating here to get yourself mm. back on track. Not that you that you've broken it. I was going to say. Point. I hope you're not implying I have. Uh, Broken that down 40 pounds, that's right. And most importantly, keeping that weight off, Dawn, down about 20 pounds. How have we done it? I'm going to tell you right now. It's as simple as this. It's thanks to our friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. It's about weight control, folks. It's not about a quick fix quick fix diet. It's about dropping the weight and then having a plan to keep the weight off. And right now, if you join, you'll receive eight weeks for free. That's right, eight weeks for free. Eight weeks to drop a bunch of weight, to feel great, and to realize that this plan works with a new flex program. It lets you enjoy the food you love, fruit, pasta, and even bread. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Inside the uh, the uh, cities or not, you can join. And we have gotten notes from a ton of people who have said, you know what, Judd? I joined because of PD and it works. So you could become the next to drop those unwanted pounds Livia, L-I-V-E-A dot com. Start your plan for weight loss today. Uh, also, our friends at Federated Insurance have been so great just helping push us along here the last few years as we uh, as we build this business at Score North, Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd. Uh, but they've been helping business owners in and around the state of Minnesota and outside for over 100 years. They know what they're doing when it comes to helping you reach your peak potential as a business through risk management tools and resources. So um, check out their website, federatedinsurance.com, for a full list of resources and industries that they specialize in. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. That was your State of the Vikings offense episode of Purple Daily with a side of random Viking of the week. Get your feedback Friday questions Uh-oh. in through the Score North app. You got so a bunch. We can I've seen a bunch this week. Tomorrow. Love that. Yeah. Love it. It's great. Uh, we can't get to everyone, but we do get to as many as we can. So send them in for a feedback Friday. And don't forget about the Vikings viewing party at Surly Brewing Company this Sunday. And then a live taping or I guess a live version of uh, Vikings Ventline with a hot yes. microphone. What could go wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> See you guys. Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. To be your best every day, You need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. 
plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.